0: Each week when we do this, I want to take out five minutes and go over and answer one of the questions that were brought that was brought to us uh, from the from, from online. And this question has to do. Uh, it's one of the Safina QA questions. I think this will be question thirty uh, question fourteen. Yeah. And the question is: What defines Ahl Sunnah Wal jamaah What exactly is Ahl Sunnah Wal jamaah And people ask this question very. Uh, it's a very important question, because if we're saying that there are these all these groups, and the, we know the hadith, the seventy-three groups, and that there's one correct and saved group, well, how do we know that that's what we want to be on, or how do we know that that's what it is, or what we're upon is, you know, that group? And if also, if you notice, whenever someone does some kind of uh, wrong action, what do people say? People always say. Well, they're taking the verses out of context, right? So we should ask a question then. Then the skeptics, which usually they don't, but the skeptics should. They should ask a question and they should say, well, if your book is, as you say, any type of idea you have, you can find a verse for it, right? Isn't that what people say? Anything you want, you can find a verse for it. Well, if that's the case, then how is it a book of guidance? How is it clear? As it states, it's a clear book, right? It says it's a clear book. So how is it clear if I could pick and choose whatever I want from it? Okay? The answer to this is very simply. That Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah consists of everything, every tafsir, explanation, interpretation, understanding of every verse and hadith Okay, that does not contradict another verse and hadith. That's the key. They're distracted. All right. Every interpretation, every tafsir, every istimbat ruling derived, okay, from any verse and hadith that does not contradict another verse and hadith, and of course doesn't contradict. The language. Okay? The contradictory language. That's what consists of the body of what we call Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Anytime, any interpretation or understanding or uh, tafsir of a verse and a hadith or ruling derived from a verse and a hadith that contradicts another verse and hadith, that's what we call a heresy. And you have to throw it out. It's wrong. Okay? That's what we call a heresy, that you have to throw out. Another thing, thank you. Whenever a subject is brought up, okay, and someone says to you, look at this hadith, and it doesn't sit right with you, and they're saying, look, this means that, that. Okay? What is the right response? All right? The right response is, show me all of the verses about that subject. Okay? Not just one cherry picked hadith or cherry picked verse. No. Show me all of the verses and all the hadiths about that subject. Then, when you go through all of them, then you'll come out with the truth. Right? Then you'll come out with the truth. And the Prophet's, uh, the the word Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah comes from, some say that Sayyidina Ali is the one who asked Ibn Abbas, okay, to begin. codifying matters because of the rise of the khawarij, okay? The rise of the khawarij, group sects, okay? Which brings up another question. Why are there sects in Islam? If Islam is true, or why didn't Allah protect it? He protected the Qur'an. Why doesn't he protect the theology of Islam and the law of Islam? Well, because the answer is because we're humans. We're human beings. We're not light switches that are on and off. We have gradients of understanding, we have whims, we have hawa, we have wills, power, that contradicts sometimes the guidance, right? And all of us, at some point or another, there's going to be a piece of guidance, and our whims will want to do the opposite. So there is a gradient of guidance. And as the Prophet ﷺ said, what is this gradient? Is 73 grades. One is correct, and the others are wrong. Now, Ibn Abbas... He took this word, Ahl al al-Jama'ah, which some people say he was the first person to utter that phrase. And Allah knows best, but uh, it's not really critical. But some people attribute it to Ibn Abbas. That it's from a hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ said, After my death, you will see ihtilaf and kathira. Much difference. A lot of differences. After my death, you will see a lot of differences. Okay. A lot of new things. Okay. So they said, well, what do we do then, O Messenger of Allah? He said, stick to my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided khalifahs after me. Okay, rightly guided khalifahs after me. Which, he said, khulafa, not al Khalifa," not al-khalifatan, al Khulafa," plural, which means the Prophet ﷺ knew that the khulafa would be multiple, more than three, three or more. Why is that important? Because later he said, Al-Khilafah min ba'di sana. Khilafa after me is 30 years. So if, as is claimed by Ahlul Shia, that there should have been one Khalifa, Ali should have been the Khalifa, well, Ali lived 29 and a half years after the Prophet Sallallahu And then Hassan, six months, he was the Khalifa. So if the khilafa is 30 years, there would have been only two Khalifahs. If it was supposed to be Ali and Abu Bakr and Umar had done wrong. That's a little side note. But the Khulafa is plural. Okay? So, take my sunnah. Then they asked, O oh, Messenger of Allah, well, who then will be on your sunnah at that time? So we could be with them. He said, Al-Jama'ah. The majority. The Jamhur. And why is it that it happens to be that most of the people are on the sunnah? Well, actually, it's very simple. Because the deen was public, was practiced in public, in front of everyone. The salah was public five times a day. The Prophet was there for 10 years in public every single day, answering questions and teaching. Battles happened in front of everyone. He made khutbahs in front of everyone. Okay? So the deen was public. And the transmission of the deen was, as we would call it today, democratized. The Prophet said any one of you who hears anything from me pass it on. Pass it on and don't think that you have to be a, have a high level of qualification. It may be that you're passing it on to someone smarter than yourself or more attentive and attuned than yourself. So the transmission was democratized. There were no limits. There are no rules that state that you can or cannot transmit a matter from the dean. Okay. And because of this, it went transmission was public, from public, from public, and as a result of that, all right, as a result of that, it's very hard to embed or insert a lie into the truth. All right? I hope that was a clear explanation. And if you all uh, want further explanations, uh, have any further questions about it, feel free to send up a question. And at any time, uh, you have questions. There is a brother, a runner, he's wearing his tracksuit because he's going to be running to get your questions. Okay, Then just bring them up here. Anyone who has a question, write it down right away and then inshallah we'll answer them towards the end.